Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. And we are back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. I appreciate all your guys' support. It's been uh, fantastic to where we're at now. And, you know, we've, I just posted my 279th episode and, you know, we're trending now, which is really cool. And it's because of you guys. So thank you for tuning in. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors, Siegfried and Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, First Digital, Thread Wallets, um, Living Recovery Interventions. And uh, we have many silent sponsors as well. And you guys know who you are. So thank you for joining and supporting us. And anyway, I love you guys. And today uh, we're joined with an amazing person, uh, Deanna Heron. Deanna, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. I'm excited about this. Thank you for inviting me. You bet. She's a best-selling author of Unbecoming, A Journey to Finding Her, which we're going to get more into this amazing book that she's written. Um, a little background on Deanna. Uh, she's an international speaker, best-selling author, like I said, leader uh, and podcast host who has spent her past two de- the past two decades as a top earner and leader in social selling. Uh, she uh, has an accomplished mindset and leadership coach. She's worked with thousands of female entrepreneurs growing and scaling small businesses, teams in the wellness space. Um, she's a frequent speaker on leadership, limiting beliefs, which uh, her and I talk a lot about that. So it'll be fun. Uh, and money mindset. Uh, in her coaching tool belt, she's also a certified yoga instructor. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the list goes on. You've been featured on you know NBC, ABC, CBS. Uh, you've got a podcast called uh, The Limitless Podcast Show. And uh, we'll talk more about that as well. But I, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Absolutely. Seriously, it's my pleasure. I'm just um, so excited about what you were doing. I oh, mean, it's just you. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, we're, we, we've got a lot of uh, uh, similar mindsets and things that we're both working on. So hopefully we can help each other here. But uh, why don't we start, let our listeners know kind of where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up actually in, I'm, I'm in Oklahoma. I grew up in Texas and um, had a very interesting childhood. So okay. <laughs> my mom um, and, and my father were not in the same home when, when I grew up. So mm, okay. uh, he actually lived in California. We lived in Texas and um, my mom, I'm just going to go right into this. She had an addiction as well. And that was men. So in her Okay. Uh, in her 69 years, she was married 10 times. So we oh, had wow. a very interesting childhood. So obviously through that, I developed some interesting belief systems, some faulty belief systems. And that has actually become such a passion of mine. And I know that has become a passion of yours. Yeah. Um, and so many people don't realize that our, our belief system just runs automatically in our subconscious mind. So, yeah. So speaking of that, I mean, growing up in that type of environment, uh, men in and out of the house and things like that, what kind of belief system did you kind of form as a young girl and that kind of was maybe limiting and holding you back? 
Well, I mean, I am, I'm very targeted on what I, what my belief system is. And that's what I teach others. We actually, um, in my um, intensives, we, we actually go to the core and we find that core belief system. Mm. And I actually have three. I'm not okay. seen, I'm not important, and I don't deserve to be cherished. Mm. And so I lived my entire life with, with those belief systems up until the last five years when I was able to really uncover those. But those belief systems served me in a way because okay. I was able to be very successful. I was proving my worth. I was proving that uh -huh. I was seen. I was proving that I was important. And there came a point where I had achieved everything you possibly could. I was making more money in a month than I'd been making in a year. And mm. that was the beginning of my fall. It was like, you know, why do I feel so hollow on the inside? Wow. You know, it goes along. I, I say this a lot to some of my clients where if you believe, you know, that core belief that you're inferior, you're going to try to act superior. And, and like you said, it kind of fueled you to accomplish this, 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 and this. And you, I would imagine what you're kind of alluding to is you, you were kind of left empty and you said that was the beginning of the fall. Talk about that. Yeah. I was left completely empty. I remember <clears throat> I had my family, I have an amazing, amazing family by the grace of God. And we were, I was hosting a backyard barbecue for my team and I was standing in, in the backyard and, and all of these team members of mine were coming up and like, Oh my gosh, your life is perfect. Your family is beautiful. Your house is gorgeous. You just have it all. Yeah. And I remember standing there at that moment and thinking, then why do I feel so empty on the inside? I remember that like it was yesterday. Mm. And that was the beginning of me really diving into, gosh, what is it that I'm truly seeking in this world? And I had, mm. I had to change my perspective a little bit. Yeah. So, um, did that lead to any other destructive behaviors or anything? Or was it just more of you were just a go-getter kind of overachiever, that kind of thing? Thank you for asking that. Cause that's a huge part of my story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I took my first drink at the age of 12. Okay. It was after my mom had divorced her third husband and she, we moved from Texas to Oklahoma. So there was a lot of things that, that were not right at that time. And it really didn't become an issue until I was in college. Okay. And when I was in, in college, I got sober for the first time at age 22, walked into the doors of AA, um, you know, was still living with and, and, and engaging with my party group. And I was mm -hmm. sober for, for a year, uh, still being friends with them until I realized this is, this is not serving me. Wow. Yeah, that's very difficult to try to not do the behaviors you were doing before. Um, did, did that lead to relapse or were you, once you started, would you, did you stay clean from that point on? I was sober for 10 years and um, off and on, I've been sober in my 56 years, I've been sober 25 years total, but I never really worked on the root cause, which okay. is so important. So for those of you who are listening, you yeah. have to do that deep dive and really um, focus on the, on the root cause. So I had long stints of sobriety and short stints of sobriety, but what always made me go back is the fear of what people would think that I'm not drinking. 
Isn't that so sad? Yeah. Yeah. So it was that I'm not important. I'm not seen if I'm not participating in what society is doing. And I think we all feel a little pressure. I mean, alcohol is, it's, I mean, it's everywhere and it's in every social event that we have. And I mean, we can, we, we gotta be careful not to fall prey to that. Yeah, that's a big one. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And I think you basically are kind of already saying it. You know, I see this a lot with my clients where they buy into this belief that somehow putting a substance in their body is going to make them or the situation better. Like, um, you know, I can't, I can't bring in the new year without a glass of champagne, or I can't go hang out with my friends without a glass of wine in my hand, or, you know, that kind of thing. And what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Cause it feels like I see this a lot where, like you said, you're not, you if you're not doing that, you're not important. You're not seen, you're not cherished, that kind of thing. Yeah. My, my message is dare to be different. Mm. Just dare to be different. We are not all created to be the same person. And if we're looking in the external world for our affirmation, we're actually looking in the, in the wrong place. Right. And I know that God called me to be different throughout my life. I um, practice medicine as a physician's assistant. And back in those days, PAs were not that popular. And so to have patients come to see me, I had to sell myself on my education and what I could bring to the table. I'm in a social selling industry that, (laughs) you know, most people don't understand that. And I truly believe we need to stand in our own unique greatness. And the quicker that we figure that out, um, you have no idea the lives that could be impacted by you just being who you're created to be. Wow. I love that greatness. Now that's a big word. Um, one of the things I'll tell my clients, and it's interesting, you're right. Our, our stories parallel so much and it's so beautiful because truth is truth, right? And one of the things I'll say to my clients is that adversity or addiction is the wake up call to your greatness. Yes. It's as if the universe is trying to say, Hey, wake up. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you, I just, I think it's so beautiful that you said that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> telling you to wake, wake up for sure. Um, I knew during my worst times of alcohol abuse, I knew that I was called to something bigger. I just had to make that decision. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Um, so <clears throat> one of the things that I, you know, that I've known, I know a little bit about you. I mean, before you wrote your book, even, I think your mom had passed away. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a big question. And I, and I just love to hear your thoughts on that. Cause obviously, you know, you saw your mom going through her own struggles as a child and, and it led to certain things you had to deal with, but how was that? And, and what, what I guess ultimately led you to writing this book Unbecoming: a journey to finding her and what's that all about? Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so my mom passed away um, in 2016 and so grateful, incredibly grateful that we had such a beautiful relationship at that time. Mm-hmm. And obviously there were boundaries that, that I needed to, to set with her, but we had just a beautiful relationship. And I think it was, I was able to see her not through my own expectations of what a mom should be. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. I was able to see her through the wounds that she had as a human being and makes me tear up. She was a, she went through a lot. And when we can actually see someone 
as a wounded person, mm-hmm. we're all wounded in some way, right? We're carrying around this belief system that doesn't serve yeah. us until we figure out what that is. Yeah. And you're able to have that empathy and that understanding and just that genuine love. And that's what we're here for, right? We're here to love and encourage each other. That's, that's why we're here on this earth. And um, yeah, so when she passed away, I actually came to the place where I am today. This was a, a property that we purchased, gosh, 20 years ago. Okay. And it's, an, it's on 20 acres. I'm, I'm a city girl. Nice. But we, um, we eventually moved here, but I was here to just to, to grieve and mourn because I was the one that was masking my feelings through planning her, you know, her funeral and doing all the things. And three weeks out, I just was like, I I need, I need to mourn. And I came here by myself Mm. and, um, I had just finished the book on fire. Have you read that book? I have. On fire. And I'm drawing a blank on his name. I've told the story so many times. Oh, Um, um, it'll come up in just a second. But I had finished, I have read that book. And um, he, in the back, he said, own your story. Own your story. And I remember sitting on the front porch and thinking, what is my story? What is my story? And I heard that inside voice that said, Deanna, you need to write a book about your story. You need to write a book about your story. And I had no idea what, what that looked like or what that meant, but it actually took us moving here and being away from the noise and the distraction before I actually began to write it on paper. Yeah. Wow. It's a, by Jim Quick. Is that right? Jim Quick on fire. Um, John O'Leary. John O'Leary. John O'Leary. Okay. Yes. I'm way off. <laughs> John O'Leary, great book. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I was thinking Limitless, and that's the name of your podcast. So yeah, it's all these powerful words, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, I love that. Why, why is owning your story so important? And for anyone listening to this, why, how, why is that so crucial in, in moving forward in your life? So for me, and I'm not saying that this is, this is common to mm-hmm. happen, but for me, I took Alcoholics Anonymous very literal. I was hiding my story as being anonymous. And so I felt like I was different and something that I had done was wrong, et cetera. And it really wasn't until I started to write my story on paper. And I've told my story a million times to people, but there's something so incredibly magical about writing it on paper. I started to see (laughs) that through my life, there were, 11 traps that I had been caught up in trying to prove my worth and my value. The trap of achievement, the trap of blame, the trap of, um, oh gosh, unforgiveness. Um, Mm -hmm. There were so many traps in there, the trap of limiting beliefs and not knowing what they are. Um, And it just, it started to unfold and it was, it was a very difficult time in my life. I had to experience all of those emotions and through really be honest, spending six figures on my own healing. Um, mm. I developed a system to help people break through their beliefs in 12 hours. And oh, wow. so 
that's, I didn't know why I was writing it, but I know that, that there was definitely a, a reason for it. And I'm so grateful that it's over. There was a point, I was six <laughs> hours from finishing the book. Oh. And I told my husband, I said, I can't do this. Like I'm done. Someone needs to finish this for me. I'm done. And isn't that what we do on a journey that's so important? We finish right before payday. Yeah. I didn't even realize I was six hours away. And <laughs> my husband said, babe, you're going to sit in your chair and you're going to do nothing but finish that <laughs> book. And I'll take care of everything else. And six, you know, six hours later, it was, it was done. It was complete. Yeah. So, so grateful um, that, that, that was my journey. And truly, if it helps one person, that's the reason why I wrote it. Well, I'm sure it has. I mean, it's, it's a bestseller and I'm sure it's, uh, it's helped many, many people. And I'm grateful that you were able to push through that. What were some of the biggest lessons you learned on a personal level writing a book? Cause I've written a book and it's kind of like that love hate relationship. And, <laughs> but what were some of the things that maybe stood out to you that you really learned about you as you, you know, went through that process? Oh gosh. Um, I, I, I learned that there were, I'm, I'm seeking my, my approval through the external world. Okay. I think that was, that was the biggest thing is, mm. um, and I mean, it doesn't come there. You, we will always fall short. And, um, you know, I learned that, you know, just being real and just being vulnerable and sharing my story helps thousands of people. The number of people that have reached out to me about my story yeah. and their struggle, it's, um, that fills my heart and my tank more than anything, because if I could be just a little instrument in their life to show them that they can do it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The power of vulnerability. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Very. You know? Well, looking back a little bit too, um, you know, growing up, you said, you know, you grew up in a split home and again, the challenges you saw, what were some of the biggest, I guess, blessings that came from, you know, going, growing up in a home like that? What were some of the things that stood out to you that you learned? I know you mentioned a few of them, but is there a few others that come to mind when I say that? Um, I'm so grateful that you asked that question because I, I truly believe that um, our upbringing is to build us and grow us. It's mm -hmm. not as a punishment. It's not a woe is me type thing. It truly is there to grow and build you into, into the person you are, you are created to be. And so I can tell you've been married for 30 years okay. and Congrats. that, that was um, a huge thing that I wanted straight away when I got married as I never, I, I wanted to power through it. I wanted to yeah. work through it. And it's not easy. That's for sure. Um, but 30 years and, wow, um, awesome. you know, we, we have an amazing marriage. I learned that I wanted to be involved in my children's life. And I made that commitment by transitioning from, uh, being a physician's assistant into social self. And yeah. that, that was, that was the transition. And I was able to be with my kids through all of their sports events and traveling. Yeah. And that's awesome. um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we learn, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. 30 years. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. You know, um, you know, shout out to your husband too. And that's awesome that he, you know, is a part of that, obviously, you know, what were some of the things maybe in marriage that, that you've learned? And you said something that I think a lot of people can relate to. You said, I wanted to power through it because there's times where we have to power through in a relationship, 
you know, it's not always good. And sometimes we have to really fight and keep moving forward. So love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, um, you know, obviously my addiction to alcohol was an issue. My, we went to, we went to a very intensive counseling. It was actually 15 years ago this month Mm. that, that say absolutely saved our marriage. Um, you know, this is not talked about, but we each come into the marriage with our own belief system. Yeah. And that's not something that is talked about much. And so, you know, we are relying on our partner to fulfill this faulty belief system to really, um, you know, fill that, that cup. And it's, it's, that's a lot of pressure. I put a lot of pressure on my husband. I thought I was Cinderella and he was going to be my prince forever. Right. And, you know, he's, he's an amazing man, but he walked into the relationship um, with no emotions at all. So he was emotionally unavailable, which I needed that because yeah. um, I needed to feel seen important and cherished. Yeah. Goes yeah. back to those belief systems you, you had. Exactly. Bought into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So um, you're a mindset and leadership coach. You've worked with uh, thousands of female entrepreneurs helping them scale business and in, into the wellness space. Do you mainly work with females or do you have both male and female clients and talk about what that looks like if someone wanted to know more about what you're doing there? Yeah, so I do. I, I have a, um, a heart and a passion for females. I can uh, really do deep dives into their belief system. I have had obviously a couple of um, male clients as well that they were ready and vulnerable. You know, it started actually with my team 20 years, but once I did my own personal development and journey, that deep dive into those belief systems, I wanted to put them through it as well. And so that, that first, um, initial intensive per se was November of last year. Okay. And there were 40 women that walked away, changed. Wow. Completely changed. And in the midst of that. Again, I heard that voice that said, Deanna, you're here on earth for this. This right. is this is why you're here. And so it just has developed into, you know, a coaching program. And then we integrate the goals that work for that new belief system. Wow, I love it. That's amazing. So good. Um, I know you're a woman of faith. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, I know sometimes it's a personal question, but uh, a lot of our listeners would love to hear your thoughts on how God and your faith have really helped you, you know, through all of this success, not just with your marriage, but with your, and your kids, but with your business and just the way you carry yourself. Well, it's been a huge factor. Um, because, you know, in this, in this world, we, um, we make mistakes. We're not, right. we're not perfect. And yeah. in my toughest of times, I knew that God was there. I could feel that pure love and no condemnation. And, you know, I, I remember when I was really coming out of, of the darkest times of, of drinking, uh, the only thing that I could do was sit in a chair in my bedroom and read God's word. Mm. And slowly yeah. uh, the scale started to come off of, of my eyes. And there was one scripture that I read that just hit my soul in a, in a very unique way. And it was Philippians 4.8. Um, now, dear brothers, consider what is joyful and pure and lovely 
And at that particular time, mm. all of those adjectives that were in that in, in my Bible, um, God gave me specifics of who I am. This is what is pure about you, Deanna. This is what mm. is lovely about you. And I still have that piece of paper right here on, on my desk That's awesome. um, to this day. And that, that was 15 years ago. And it was, it was just, it's not something that you make up, you feel it in your soul. And it's that love, that unconditional love that, hey, we're going to take this and we're going to turn it into something great. And I don't know that I could do, have done that if it weren't for God in my life. Wow. That's beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's amazing. And I think, you know, we, you know, we learn obviously in AA, you know, the importance of a higher power and mm -hmm. having that in your life and something, someone to count on that has your back and that kind of thing. So that's why I asked that question. So thank you for uh, beautifully responding to that. You know, um, you help a lot of people, you you're doing a lot of good out there what do you do for you? Like, what does a day look like for you? And how do you kind of keep yourself centered? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I am so huge on my own uh, personal care. And it's because I didn't um, have that as a priority for, for many years. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I exercise on a daily basis. I do um, breath work on a daily basis. Nice. to, um, to connect. And there's so many things that so many amazing ideas that have come through, through breath work. I read daily. So whether it is, um, reading scripture or reading okay. book, I, I love, I love to read and, you know, I really take care of what I put inside my body as well. Yeah, that goes a long way. I think sometimes we take that for granted, right? Like mm -hmm. how good you feel when you eat, you know, healthy, right? Eat clean. Mm -hmm. It really mm -hmm. affects the mood, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the cleaner that I have eaten over the years, I can tell when something comes in to my body that doesn't serve me, I get joint pain, uh, bloating, etc. So I'm, um, yeah. I'm not 100% vegan. It's hard to be vegan in the, the small community that I'm in. But <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. 95% vegan. Oh, I love that. So um, who, who do you admire in your life and who do you look up to and who do you try to kind of, you know, maybe mirror or mimic in, in, in your life? This is, um, I'm glad you're asking this question because this is such a, an important thing. For many years, being the top of my company, I didn't have anybody. And it's so important for us to have those people that are like-minded and people that can breathe life into you and, you know, tell, tell you what they see in you. That's, that's important when you're in the downtime. So right now I have a coach that's, that's absolutely amazing. Oh, and we're very, we're very like-minded. Um, my husband is amazing. He's my, my biggest supporter. So he's, yeah always there to encourage. That's cool. um, but I really keep, keep as much to myself as possible. There's only a few people who know. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, I'm going to ask you a really tough question here. Cause, uh, but cause you're probably not expecting this, but what do you love most about you? Oh, I love my heart. I have, I have such a heart to serve. I can truly see the greatness in every single person that comes into my life. But I can also tell you that that sometimes can be 
<clears throat> a detriment because when someone is not willing to really push through and find that greatness, sometimes it's like, oh, they're yeah. missing the boat. They're missing the boat. <laughs> yeah. But I love my heart. I, I think God has given me amazing heart to love and serve other people. And no matter what um, they've done in the past, no matter what they're, um, who they love, where they work, what their color is, their race, it, what their belief system is. I just, I, I love people. Wow. That's beautiful. A lot of people struggle with that question. You didn't, you got right to it. <laughs> that was a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. Well, um, you're, you're an amazing person. I know you're also doing a, a podcast as well called the limitless podcast. Will you talk about that and kind of what your purpose and what your goals are with that? Yeah, my purpose in that podcast is just teaching people how to become limitless, what that truly looks okay. like in your life, owning your belief system and changing that story and okay. daily habits and leadership tips and um, really mind, body, spirit. It's all encompassing. So becoming limitless. Beautiful. Wow. You're a speaker, podcaster, you're an author, you're a coach, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a friend, you're a, you know, faithful, um, you know, follower of God and, uh, doing amazing things, man. And again, Thank you. you have your own struggles and battles, but obviously mm -hmm. you're doing all the things that I think people can really look up to. And I think that's why you've been so successful is people can relate because you finally owned your story, as you would say it. Yeah. And now people go, wow, look what she's doing, despite all the trials and the things that she had to go through. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just got back from Vegas with a conference with my company and the, the people that came up to me and said, hey, thank you for sharing your story. <clears throat> it wasn't about my success. Yeah, it, it wasn't about anything like it was the vulnerability of sharing my story that impacted so many people. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing for us to, to realize, you know, yeah, success isn't everything. Money isn't everything. Yep. It's about impacting lives. I love it. I love it. So if people want to reach out to you and know more about what you do, or maybe even use your services or that type of thing, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? So my Instagram, any of my social media, it's just Deanna Heron. Um, my website is DeannaHeron.net and you can reach me that way. Um, so I make it really simple. It's just Deanna Heron. Yeah, no. And it's a beautiful website. Uh, you've, you know, everything you do is just you know, high class, top, top notch. I really do admire the way you do things, honestly. And that's kind of what gravitated me towards you to have you on the show is I just honestly love the way you live your life. And it's something that I'm trying to do as well. Thank you for that. That's awesome. I appreciate yeah. that. So one, one more question I want, if someone's listening to your voice right now, who is struggling and they're in a dark place and they're not quite sure what to do, and they're just, they're hearing your words right now, You've already shared some really amazing things. What could you tell that one person right now that would help them? Mm. Man, just be courageous. There's so much to life on the other side of whatever it is that you're struggling with. Reach out to somebody that has been through what you are going through. And, you know, don't be ashamed or embarrassed or, um, you know, living in that, that life of regret just reach out to someone and it will be work, but it is so worth it. It's so worth it on the other side. And that one word is just be courageous. Just reach out to somebody. Yeah. 
beautifully said. I, I agree. And I would say that to anyone listening to this, please, please absolutely do that. Uh, Deanna, thank you so much for taking some time with me today and, and sharing and being vulnerable with us. It's been, it's been a beautiful interview and thank you for your time. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you're so easy to talk to. So um, it was easy for me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Well, well, there you go, folks. Uh, Deanna Heron, please reach out to her. Uh, check out her website or uh, see her on her social media. She's doing amazing things. If you have anyone who's struggling and you're not quite sure what to do, send them, send them a link to this episode to have them listen to, uh, to Deanna. And then also you can even send her uh, her website and her social media. They will be inspired by what they're seeing and hopefully they'll reach out and, and get the help that they need. But thank you for tuning in. I love you guys so much for all you do. Again, thanks to my sponsors and Deanna, one last time, thank you so much for being a light in this world that we can all look to and admire. Thank you. All right, till next time, everyone. <laughs>